How's it going? It's going good. Excellent. What are you going to do? What's... I don't know. <laughs> it's a three-day weekend uh, for, for some of us. Some people, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Some people who observe yeah. federal holidays, mm-hmm. three-day weekend. Yeah. Well, even for a lot of retailers, uh, retail people, yeah. you don't get the weekend. You get a weekend. Correct. But you're, they, they rotate, right? But who knows um, when that comes, and maybe it's not even two in a row. Mm-hmm. I was behind... Uh, a guy at the um, at the Safeway a few days ago, and he was talking with the clerk, and they were both saying they hadn't seen each other in a while. Then they both, almost in unison, said, well, I usually work the night shift. Mm. <laughs> so she comes on at like 2 a.m. usually. Yeah. She, said, she said, it's uh, it's really nice. I don't have to see anybody. <laughs> There's no traffic. Mm-hmm. All that jazz. Graveyard shift. Uh, I mean, it I, is I a think... common thing in retail to, to say... God, I hate the customers. If I could just work in the back or overnight. But, um, I mean, I I totally get how you can be worn down from Mm -hmm. doing that. But, but, um, you know, it's just part of the job to to deal with people. Mm -hmm. You Um, just lost yourself a customer, Bo. Yeah. What? Um, but it depends on the store, you know, some are more crazy or, or sure. weird than others, but, or if you're, you're understaffed or whatever. But, yeah. um, I, I could see, especially if you're single that, um, you could get used to like graveyard shift as long as you're mm-hmm. not rotating shifts all the time. Right. Like our, uh, stepdad was in, um, when he was working at the mine, mm-hmm. yeah, he was like every, every two weeks he'd rotate to another. Yes. So it was like graveyard, then days, then step swing dead, shift. Stepdad number two. All right. That's how we refer, refer to him. Yes, that is his his official S- title. S- oh, you mean SD two? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, SD two. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I think I'll cut that part out. <laughs> Will you? Uh, I don't know. Because <laughs> he might be listening. Is that why? Yeah, you, yeah. We don't want to embarrass anybody. Um, <laughs> no. Maybe I'll just cut this part out. Uh huh. All right. <laughs> yeah, hey, yes. by the way. <laughs> I got a lot more to say if you want. <laughs> That's okay. Um, the show is called, it's just called Two Brothers. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, boy, there's a little remiss. I think I'll have to again. take this out and insert it after the how's it going, eh? <laughs> Cut out the past four minutes. No, show. it's fine. People don't care. Yeah, but there's new people. We, the, we want to leave a good impression. Okay, but the there might be new people. Oh, this is the key. They're new. We... <laughs> We uh we've got a few more downloads, but we don't know how many subscribe to listen to this show. In all fairness, so if hey. you are new to the show, welcome. Thank you. Welcome and thank you for listening to more than zero shows. Yes, and not more arcade stuff, as I <laughs> suspect some <laughs> might think. I, I don't know. Hey everybody, we'll you gotta listen to this new arcade show. <laughs> hey. Oh, it's yeah. just one. Yes. Dang it. Exactly. We, well, we teased them that someday in the future they might come back to it. So they'll probably cling on for, a, for oh, at least two more. Shows. I have no doubt we will. And there's, you know, Ready Player One is uh, coming. It's really And uh, there's a lot to say about video games, video game mm-hmm. culture, stuff we experienced and our um, inevitable disappointment <laughs> in some way. I'm, I suppose. I'm going to think. Just real quick about arcade life. <laughs> uh, arcade life? Yeah, 
<laughs> Sorry, it was necessary. Boys, night. No, um, going down the rabbit hole of of that. When I was picking up sounds for for all the games, um, I inevitably watched uh, gameplay of most of them hmm. for far too long than I should have. Uh, it was fun, but but then um, even after the show, I was looking up arcades and seeing people's pictures of their stuff. And I was like, oh yeah. I forgot about that game. Oh, I forgot about that game. Oh, that was, I used to play that all the time. Why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. So, like just the, just yesterday, I was looking at uh, Tutankham, if you remember that one. Mm. I played that one quite frequently uh, when it was around. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, good sounds. Uh, Spy Hunter was one we left out. We yes, did, we played a bunch Spy of that. Hunter, uh, yeah. Nathan, Nathan yeah. pointed out that. <laughs> That was one of his favorite games, and I smacked my forehead audibly. Yeah, so sorry, folks, if we left yours out. But what frustrated me when I was going through that rabbit hole myself, trying to find a few, was there are a few channels dedicated to sort of displaying, you know, arcade games. Yeah. You know, arcade game, game play. But very few of them actually are trying to play the game, which became super frustrating for me. Ah, uh, yes. Because Night Driver was... Like- well, Night Driver was one of those. It's just they're not going anywhere. It's just you know, no, accelerate, do stuff. <laughs> oh, it's just this, just the game has started. Getting any sound? It was so uh, it was so frustrating. So a couple of them that I saw were going fine, and then all of a sudden it looked like they enabled cheats or something because they couldn't die. <laughs> they were just flying through and shooting stuff. But then, <laughs> well, that's uh, authentic. Yeah, that was interesting too. That reminds me, my name is James. My name is Marcus. Totally. Super pro. Yeah. The only thing I have on my uh, on my notes of show topics is uh, to welcome and thank any new listeners we have. So sure, um, I think we've done that. So yes, uh, indeed. Well, we were trying to do something freeform this time because it was yep. an awful lot of work uh, last show, and um, we we just are exhausted. So well, we did between Simpsons and arcades. Yeah, that, that was we did a we did that, and then we did a short, and then we did a long again. Forgot about the shorty. So this yeah, yeah. one this one will have to be. Maybe a bit shorter as well. To It'll follow. basically be the Chris Farley show. You, you remember that show we did last week? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> More references. Woo! Nostalgia, everybody. So I, I, I was just reading about some nostalgia research, research on the the effects of nostalgia. It's mm-hmm. it's often aspects of it are more beneficial than it's given credit for. It's it's. Um, it's sort of criticized a lot as a way to escape from the now, from appreciating or even dealing with, you know, the things that you have to experience now. Is that the premise of the uh, the whole member berries thread in the recent South Parks? I think so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, overindulgence, anyway. Yeah, yeah. that got I think that went on pretty, too much, but, uh, but it, for, for my taste. But hey. well, it became uh, sort of. It seemed a little critical of any feeling of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's um, there are benefits to having fond remembrances of the past, just just to you as a human. So um, I enjoy it. Well, we can talk about that later once I read some more research. But 
for now. Yeah. Overstated. And I don't, I, I, I don't want to be either critical or overindulgent in putting nostalgic references in the show. It's just, it's just part of what we do, basically. Mm-hmm. Sounds fine. Sounds oh, fine. Okay, then. <laughs> we'll do it. All right. We'll do more. I, I started reading a, uh, and I posted, I did a post on the blog about this. Um, I started reading a Wizard of Earthsea, yeah, which I never that. finished. Oh, and uh, it just sort of popped out in the shelves um, shelves after Ursula K. Le Guin died, mm-hmm. and I said, "Yeah, I've never finished this. They're really short. I should just buckle down and do it." All right. And uh, boy, is it good! Yeah, I mean, super good. Just... I read it again a couple, like, ooh, several years ago. Um, I, I had read it. Uh, when I was a teen, I imagine, mm-hmm. and then uh, and enjoyed. I think I read the second. Are there three? There the are three in the yes. That there yeah. it is a trilogy. Uh huh. I know I read at least two. I might have read all three. I, I can't remember for sure. I have to go over the plot lines, but um, but I read a Wizard of Earth Earth Sea again. I want to say three years ago, and then a uh, a film adaptation came on. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Yeah, eh, book is better. <laughs> okay. Well, did you read? A physical book, or did you read it as an ebook? Yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely the physical book. Okay. Because um, it came up, you know, the differences between the physical and the digital. Yeah. And um, this being a book from 1980, I think, a mass market paperback from 1980. It's kind of falling apart, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the The smell of this book is part of the magic of the reading experience here. Yes. I think you mentioned nosegasms. Yes, I did. Um, and um, I don't know. It was a real joy to come back to it after sort of having a, a lot of ebook reading. I, I read the the Jim Henson biography, Brian J. Jones, uh, solely on ebook, and it's great. And I, you know, I highlighted a whole bunch of things, and it was nice to be able to flip back and forth between those and to you know navigate quickly because that book is really dense mm-hmm. with events and statements from people, right? It's just yeah. quotation after quotation from friends and relatives and Muppeteers. And it just, it's it's not quick reading. Mm-hmm. So Earthsea is a little more like that. It's it, it flows a little more, I would say. Sure. But still, she packs a lot into her prose. Uh, but in a, in a very, hmm, I, I want to say competent, but that's not strong enough. Um, masterful style. So a lot of times when I read books written in the 60s, especially genre fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a little flowery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little stilted, um, overwritten maybe. I, I think things started to become a little clear style-wise um, in the late 70s and 80s. Do you think uh, a fair amount of those um, 60s uh, books were trying to eh, ride on the Tolkien, C.S. Lewis coattails, or maybe. Uh, capture that audience, or o- over trying. You mm-hmm. think? Maybe. I think Lewis was always a little more sort of straightforward in his prose than Tolkien was. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's, they're both you know eminently readable today. It's just yeah. Um, I couldn't get into what's the uh, Shadow of the Torture, uh, Gene Wolfe. Um, it was very difficult to get through and and the style of that book is part of the experience like that's what he wanted to do but still i just found it a slog Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and a long time you know between things happening and um 
Earthsea gives you a lot of plot, but um, a lot of description of the world too. But in contrast to, you know, everything I read, I, I've tried a couple passages from the Song of Ice and Fire, and George R. R. Martin is part of this group of, of writers doing, you know, long series mm-hmm. where <laughs> it seems to, you know, balloon in content, if you like, yar for all the for all the PBS <laughs> Idea Channel people, uh, it seems to balloon, you know, in in just the descriptions of every little thing. Yeah, yeah. Over time, mm-hmm. so the first book's kind of tight, and then it mm-hmm. just it's as if the world building becomes paramount, and, yeah. and supersedes the story. That's how it is for me. And people, I mean, some people like that. Some people love, you know experiencing the world that, uh, of the book that way. Sure. I, I generally don't. So what Earthsea does really well, what, what Le Guin does masterfully well, is give you descriptions of the, 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 the environment around the characters mm-hmm. in, a, in a very uh, short but evocative way. Mm-hmm. So I just had a picture, and it's not overly descriptive of the colors or the types of foliage or you know the strange and wondrous th- things and there are a few things you know that are weird flora florally in the world so far um but then she's right back into the the story part and into the characters and, and yeah. i don't spend a, a, an over long time inside the characters heads i hear the hmm. i i like uh, that makes me think of um the Piers anthony series hmm. um of the uh what was it the the fates it was the eternals the immortals something like that the uh shoot something of immortality yeah incarnations of immortality there we go there we go yeah that was a really nice series i I enjoyed it quite a bit especially you know on a pale horse yeah um and it it (laughs) held up pretty well i read two or three and on a pale horse was far and away the best and i I just stopped (laughs) i read i I ended up reading all five but um Hmm. It, it it broke down a little bit, but it was still yeah. fun because it was within the same the same world. Right. And then um, did he do the the Xanth series? Yeah, he did. Those were fun. They were fun for uh, quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then uh yeah no no same same I just got bored with it. I see. And Paul Anderson, uh, I I read more of his stuff. And uh, what Zelazny's um, what is it with the deck of cards? Amber. Uh, the Amber series. That one I I read ooh at least six or seven. Mm-hmm. That one is another one that I think he probably was uh, bugged by his publishers. Yeah, keep churning <laughs> some out. <laughs> well, also very short and punchy, though. Yeah, those yeah, books. they're not they're they're not long. So th- those were fun. I like the worlds that those those authors built. Mm-hmm. But again, it wasn't overly uh, about the world building. It was it was right. character driven and interaction. Yeah, driven. So th- those were fun. The premise of each of those series uh, hooked me in pretty well. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. At least initially, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It went downhill um, after, I don't know, six or seven books, but um, mm-hmm. not enough for me not to finish the first series. Uh, I started the second series, which is, you know, the, the main character's son, mm. the second series of Amber books. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't know, magic was gone. I just wasn't into it anymore. Indeed. And maybe it was for me. I don't know. That's not necessarily reflective of the overall quality of the book, right? It's just mm-hmm. I was in a different place. I hear so. that. Also, you can send um, your hate mail to <laughs> how dare you criticize <laughs> classic literature, uh, <laughs> fantasy literature. Mm-hmm. Um, years passed until I found 
Terry Pratchett. And I think maybe you told me about Terry Pratchett. Probably. Uh, I, I can't remember. But I started from the from the first book, and a lot of people will say, if you're telling people about Terry Pratchett, you should have them, or the Discworld series, have people start at X or Y or, mm-hmm. or whatever, or follow a path. Yeah. But I like them in published order. They just kept getting better right. over time. But you you have to have a certain mindset, I think, to to want to stick that out. The, the first couple books were completely different than what he became. Right. You know, it was almost like a parody. I think we talked about this once before. Yeah, but he started out as kind of a parody of the of the fantasy genre, the humorous fantasy genre. Yes, which was yes. its own. Like there were plenty of authors doing that. Well, sure, the, the Xanth series, uh, mm-hmm. as aforementioned. Yeah, there's him, uh, Robert Asprin with the Myth Adventures. Oh yeah, the Myth Adventures. <laughs> nice. Tom Holt, um, I think did a few, and there then there were other people doing it mm-hmm. um, and doing it here or there or in short stories. Um, but it w- that was a lot easier to tell people <laughs> before there were, you know, 30 books. Yeah. You could say, I hey, just start from the beginning. It's, it's just, it's great. And it gets even better. You know, when yeah. there are five or six books that totally works, mm-hmm. but at 30, you, you already know how great he becomes. Yeah. So you're saying, I'm not sure, you know, you want to start with the first two. Because the others are so much better. Mm-hmm. I agreed. It's kind of like the difference between what you would uh, tell yourself I- in the past, because right. you know you, you know that you're somebody who just likes to stick that out. <laughs> yeah, you can appreciate it as it goes along. You know, because I liked the first two. Right. I like humor fantasy, and so I was not even aware that there were uh, already. I don't know. By the time I started, maybe fifteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Did you find them? Before mom, or did she start reading them because you were reading them? I because don't recall it, how not, we all got hooked. I don't. I don't remember the timeline there. I was always telling her how good they were mm. while I was reading one, but then I don't remember. I don't remember if you started because I was praising them or if she. I, I think so. Yeah. I think I did, but then see the the thing about uh, me, I get hooked into a series and I'll just stick with that series. Yeah. You've got, you're juggling three or four or five books at a time. Yeah. And I have many fewer qualms about abandoning things that aren't working anymore. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Uh, and I, I tend to, to get buried into the, just the, the, the single thread. (laughs) So I, so I blazed past you, I think, uh, in the, in the series. And um, and I, I've just got one left, but uh, yeah. it's still so it's still sitting on the shelf from two years ago. Uh, at least two years, maybe three. When did when did he write uh, Raising Steam? Oh, two years, three years? No, it's more than that. Ooh, I think. more than that. Oh, Pretty okay. sure. Well, I, I just it sits <laughs> beckoning me, and yet I cannot bring myself to yeah to read that last one. Uh, For me, that's the last one. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's uh, what is it? Something I did that with. Um. <laughs> okay, I'm a huge fan of the band Talk Talk. Yes, um, I've tried to get you to listen to them. I think, but I don't know. <laughs> You've heard the hits, obviously, but um, I may have heard a clip of a hit. Sure. I don't know. I don't but know not being hit. a fan of popular rock music, so uh-huh. so called, um, yeah. yeah, that's that would be a hard 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 go, and it's not easy listening anyway. The later albums, mm-hmm. um, but they're just one of the most far-ranging, you know, stylistically evolving bands ever. 
mm-hmm. and and that I find you know interesting and fantastic. But they sort of broke up after the uh, fifth album, sixth album, I uh, can't remember now. And uh, Mark Hollis, who was the sort of primary driving force behind all this rapid change, just didn't like he just stopped producing music f- at least for our consumption mm-hmm. and um it was several years um maybe it was just two years uh he made a solo album that was um by all accounts essentially the next evolution in the band right Aye. and i have uh had that since about i've had a copy since about 2004 and I've never listened to it because I'm waiting for the right moment. Right? Understood. And um, I'm not sure that's a good idea. I'm not sure that we should be, you know, not experiencing experiencing those things <laughs> because we want to build them into um, a, a, an experience up front. Mm-hmm. Insert. Uh, sound clip of this magic moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Just hit, just Maybe. easy. Yes. No that was close. That was one was good enough. Hashtag no clips. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's probably self defeating to do that. I don't <laughs> don't know if this is good for me, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe it's self defeating, you know, in a meta way to try to make something a great experience for you instead of just letting it happen. Yeah, we could have yeah, but, been when you could have been enjoying it this whole time, right? Maybe. But one of the one of the worst things in life f- to experience for me is disappointment. Sure. So I, uh, in, in the name of avoiding that, right? I'm <laughs> I'm putting off doing something that I'm pretty sure I would really enjoy. Well, better get to it then. <sighs> the, you know, I just have to why? make sure I'm not disturbed when I listen to it. I, I want to be sure I can give it my full attention, basically. Yep. Close the door, hang a tie on there, yeah. door handle. <laughs> yeah. And I've become really bad at that. Um, you know, Spotify's fire hose of music yep. is a little insidious in that it's it's wonderful to be able to listen to just about anything I want to. Mm-hmm. And that includes a lot of new music. You know, I don't I don't spend a lot of time re-listening uh, mm-hmm. to, to stuff I listened to, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But... I don't spend a lot of time listening to any one piece. And I, and I did used to do that. You know, I, I don't remember lyrics very much from new songs. Um, it's rare. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a Perry Grip song, you know, that'll grab me. <laughs> um, Wait, insert clip of <laughs> Last Train to Awesome Town. <laughs> Or a robot hamster. Who knows what's the deal? Who's that keeping it real in his plastic wheel? That should be our theme. <laughs> but okay, but um, they're a minute long, you know. So there's not yeah, much yeah. to it, and they're funny and catchy. Sure. Um, but I used to sit in my bedroom with, you know, a Rush album, the the day it came out or the day after. Yeah. yeah. With the lyric book you know reading mm. along to the song as it played mm. when there were lyrics to be had right or well it would be on the record jacket yeah when there were records either way with jackets <laughs> yeah either way uh yeah. got more rare yeah but but still like i would listen to the album or cd yeah. one time 
pure. Hmm. No distractions. And then I would sit, and every time I'd listen to it again, I'd, you know, I'd read along until I just knew it. So uh, I'm not sure, again, you know, that our experience of uh, of never-ending abundance is better. Mm-hmm. Those things that are cemented in our brains from <laughs> just brute force repetition are, are deeply meaningful a lot of times. Of course. You know? Yeah, of course. Uh, and the flip side of that is trauma, you know, just getting hit with something and it sticks with you. So, um, I don't know. I need to, uh, I need to think about this more. We, we've kind of run out of show to explore, <laughs> to explore this, uh, very heavy idea. I think we've talked me myself into, uh, reading that raising steam. Uh, I, I need to pick up a book. I, I, Generally, last summer, I was reading a book. Hmm. I think that's the last time I actually picked up a book to read. Yeah. And it was The Long Earth. It was a Terry Pratchett uh, joint. And um, and I finished it, but I didn't want to go on to the next, so I didn't. But anyway, uh, I was, I was going to say, I just basically listened to podcasts and some audio books. Um, sure. But I've been listening to LeVar Burton's, or LeVar Burton Reads uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and he's great. And he yep. picks intriguing stuff, and he's made me want to pick up a book, not just listen to his short right. stories or clips of novels. So I need, I need to start reading again. We might, and your uh, blog, too, inspired me. Oh, I thank like, you. I was like, oh, yeah, I think that would be fun to turn a paper page. Sure. Yes. <laughs> or, I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> I, I take that back. I've been reading with, uh, with our baby, you know, they're like board books. You turn the page and try to get her not to rip the book apart. <laughs> Mostly it's just matching things. Right. What is it? Oh, that's a that's a ball. What is it? Toy. What is it? Santa Claus. Yeah. What is it? Santa Claus. What is it? Santa Claus. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, something a little more in-depth would be would right. be okay. Sure. Well, hey, uh, let's do some quick intro music and uh, finish up this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of babies, I don't know, wrap it up. All right, sir. Uh, it's just called Two Brothers is the name of the podcast. And if you're interested in sending us an email, you could do that at IJC2BS at gmail.com. You can easily also complain about us on Twitter at IJC2B. Or you can find us on Facebook at It's Just Called Two Brothers. Yes, very specific one. Don't pick the wrong one. I'm James. I'm Marcus. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yep. <laughs>